Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. <laughs> All of RTE are under serious pressure. Serious pressure. I gotta be honest, the ratings for this must be better than the Late Late Show. Because so many people I'm talking to are watching it. I talked to one guy today and I said to him, you be watching it. And he says, it's awful, but I can't turn it off. And they just can't turn it off. And I think the highlight of today, well, actually, I'll get to the highlights of today in a few minutes, right? But let's just get a bit of an update on what's going on in RTE. In case you're missing it, in case you're not watching it live every single day as the Oireachtas Committee quiz these people. It's like something from an American TV show. You know, that kind of whole barrister thing. I put it to you, sir. Uh, it's just so intriguing. But on a very serious note, the corruption, the lies, the deceit, it's just horrendous for a public body to be so deceitful. It's just horrendous to watch because it's taxpayers' money. Joanna Sweeney is the CEO of Digital Training Institute, three-time author on government and public sector communications, and also has her own podcast, and she joins me this evening. Joanna, how are you? Good, Niall. How are you doing? I, I actually said Joanna, and I think it's Joanne, isn't it? Yeah, plain old Joanne. Sorry, I do apologise <laughs> for sticking a name on the end. That's okay. Um, Joanne, look, this is, you know, on one hand, it's popcorn television, but on the other hand, it's extremely serious because... If you go back to the early part of 2000, there was a, an audit done on RTE because they were looking for an increase in the licence fee from 107 to 140 or something at the time. And the government said it was disastrously run. You would imagine 20 years later they would have fixed that, but it's not fixed. It's still a mess. And I just think that it all is unravelling. And over the past two days, there's been far more information that's been revealed and I have to say, on the back of the excellent line of questioning from our, our TDs and our senators uh, in the Media and Arts Committee, first of all, and then in the Public Accounts Committee. Um, so they've done a real great public service, first of all. And it all started with the apparent concealment of two €75,000 payments to Ryan Tuberty uh, to top up his salary. And obviously, we know now that his reported salary was underreported, and and that was because he didn't want to say he didn't want to take a pay cut, he, and it was made clear exactly. well, during the questioning yesterday. Did any of the top ten refuse to take a pay cut? And um, the deputy G, uh, D, GD or DG said yes. Uh, Ryan Tuberty resisted the pay cut and his agent. So we know now that's where this all came from because it was a kind of sweet deal to make sure he didn't get annoyed, you know, upset about it. So this doesn't reflect well on Ryan. Now, I suppose some of the big moments, and let's just play out some short clips here. Um, did Ryan have knowledge of the payments? Have a listen to this. Um, just to give context, um, because I knew it would come up. So what I'd actually done was I had I was trying to work out the day the director of content told me that Ryan Tuberty had come into his office to tell him that he was stepping down. So I went back and checked my email because I had sent him an email with a list of potential presenters. Uh, and that was on, um, I think it was March 13th. So I, I, in my mind, I didn't realise that actually the CFO had had contact from the auditors on whatever it was, March the 10th or whatever. So just to clarify that. OK, so Ryan Tuberty could well have been um, informed by somebody that this process um, 
had or these concerns had been raised. Based, yep. Based on the information from okay. yesterday, Did, it's 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 possible. So now they're saying, Joanne, that Ryan Tuberty may have had knowledge that this was all going to come out and these payments, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and it may not, as people have suspected, just have been a coincidence that the late late show or his position in the late late show, where he resigned from his position in the late late show. We don't know that for sure, of course, until Ryan Tuberty talks about it. But that seems to be what he's indicating. Yeah, and that was where the line of questioning was going today. It's almost like we need an infographic of the timelines and the dates. And I think the currency did a good one a couple of days ago. Uh, but as the more information came out from the witnesses at the hearings over the past two days, it seems that there was knowledge internally that the payment, call it what you will, scandal at this stage was going to break. Um, and I would imagine there was uh, a lot of conversations internally. And unfortunately, um, for everybody involved in this, and a big part of me feels very bad for those people who've had to sit through that and answer questions on behalf of people who are not there to answer those questions. We can only speculate. And I think... Um, the Taoiseach actually said today that Ryan Tuberty and Noel Kelly of NK Management should come before the Public Accounts Committee and speak on their own behalf and try to clear up some of the confusion. So uh, I'm confused about of- the legality of sequestering them, but um, I do believe, and I think the Taoiseach probably believes this too, they have a moral obligation at this point to come forward and to answer or put to bed any doubts people may have. And that could be good for his own career too, because unfortunately, and it was pointed out today as well, this is not good for Ryan Tuberty's career. And they also went into very deeply today why they asked him to step down from his radio position, uh, you know, why he was not, I'm not going to use the word suspended, but relieved of his, his position temporarily on radio, because in turn, um, I think, Thing, I'm trying to remember which TD was independent TD um, that had suggested that have you got money set by for when Ryan Tuberty sues you? And, and that was suggested yeah, that was today. Verona Murphy. Verona yeah, Murphy, Verona that's Murphy. Right. Yeah. yeah. And she was very vociferous in her stance on that and she had a very extended monologue on the potential impact of Ryan being in inverted commas temporarily released from his radio show pending the hearings of the Public Accounts Committee and an internal investigation. Um, And I mean, it was, I thought that was pretty stark in my own view. Because Um, she pointed out whatever has been done wrong here, it wasn't illegal. And whatever about your moral views on, you know, the the greed of it or whatever it happens to be, that's irrelevant. But nothing illegal happened. And she said that's what Ryan Tuberty's lawyers will be looking at, that he didn't do anything illegal. Hence, he shouldn't be out of a job at this moment in time. And reputation is everything. And you know this, uh, you're in the media game for a long time and reputation is everything. And, you know, I was watching it today and I wondered if, if Ryan is sitting at home and watching, it. and watching this. Yeah. And, you know, feeling compelled to, to pick up the phone and whether to his lawyers or to his agent to say, listen, I really need to speak. And I, I did wonder myself, you know, what is the advice that he is receiving? Because... Ryan has a lot of public support in this country and I genuinely feel that people just felt disappointed that Mm -hmm. 
he didn't speak up. I think people are saddened by he had it. an opportunity. Yeah, I think I think they're saddened by the fact that maybe they thought he was mm. a bit greedy in this whole thing because everybody else was taking mm. a cut and he didn't want to, or certainly his agent indicated that he didn't want to, whichever of them it is, and the fact that he would have been aware of this money. Uh, and didn't draw attention to it when it was publicly produced every year as the as the earnings are every single year. And I think people will be, yeah, you're right, disappointed, but also saddened by this. And I've mentioned a few times on the air this week that I've met Ryan on, on a number of occasions. He's a really nice guy. He's a very genuine person. Um, I got castigated on Twitter for saying I felt a bit sorry for him uh, because he's in a very difficult situation. He's made a mistake. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but, you know, he's done nothing illegal. Um, and... Mm-hmm. The other thing to say is that when I saw 200 members of staff of RTE on the plinth of Montrose, I think it was on Tuesday, I think that was a bit of a watershed moment also mm-hmm. because they felt deeply let down and they felt that their uh, editorial standards, their journalistic standards, their own personal moral standards were being undermined by this furore that is now we're entering the eighth day tomorrow. And that, for me, was pretty stark because, you know, you've all of these faces that we are used to reporting the news now being interviewed by Virgin Media about their employer and about colleagues. Mm. And it, it, it was just breathtaking. And I think it's that level of also the collegiality within the organisation that is now so frayed that the morale must be at rock bottom. But I think... When I listened to Emma O'Kelly and she was so passionate, I, I felt that it was the straw that broke the camel's back, that lots of things were bubbling and they never I had think, a voice. Yeah, I, think, I think this was a long time coming. I think this was just the nail yeah. in the coffin, to be honest with you. But look, what's coming out now is even a lot, well, a lot of it is a lot worse than even the payments to Ryan Turbridy. So we're sitting at a point where RT had no money. We're telling people to take pay cuts. They had a slush fund. And they were, you know, sending people off to Tokyo to the World Cup, to the Rugby World Cup, including staff members who we now seen a picture of enjoying themselves, you know, over in Tokyo. So while while the executives were living it up, the staffs were taking pay cut, pay cuts. And I was f- reflecting on this before this conversation, and I was like, how would I sum up the last two days? And I thought it's a tale of two cultures. On one side, you have the culture of describing talent. Now, that sits very uneasy with me. Mm-hmm. I think everyone that works in that organisation is, is hugely talented. Mm-hmm. And then you have, like, staff slash presenters. Then I you have, have never, the, you know, in all the times I've worked in Classic Hits, I've never heard the word talent used. I've heard no. presenters, salespeople, accountants, production, um, programming is normally what we're referred to as programming. You know, so yeah. I've never heard the word talent used. That's, that's an RTE word. Yeah, and so the, the tale of two cultures is the influence that talent had versus the influence and the brokering power that the rest of the, the staff base had. Then you have the, the governance and the tale of two cultures. I thought there was a serious lack of self-awareness among the board members and the executive board over the last two days where they were asked direct questions, you know, a yes or a no answer. And just the blankness on their faces. And then you have equity, equity in pay, and then mm-hmm. people taking pay cuts. And then, as I said, the influence. I think NK management have used huge influence. And I mean, the fact that they, they could drum up an invoice to suggest it was for uh, COVID consultancy, and nobody questioned that. 
you know, this massive invoice for COVID consultancy by a management company that's there to uh, to provide the inverted commas talent. Uh, you know, it just, I mean, it was clearly, you know, and, and it was suggested today that it's fraudulent. And, you know, and what makes it even worse is when, when they say that to them and they all sit there looking blankly at each other, and then they say to, you know, the uh, the executive, the board of executives, you know, is your position tenable? After everything we've gone through over the last eight days, the lies, the concealment by their own admission, they now admit there was concealment, and they still say their positions are tenable, which is just bizarre. Well, the, the new CEO has uh, apparently, according to the... Uh, interim DG said that there's going to be uh, a shaking up or a reshuffle or who, whatever it will be of the executive board. But I think that needs to happen at board level, executive board level, in order for any trust to be restored. Because the, the common response over the past two days was, it wasn't me. I don't know. I had partial information. And at that level in your career, you should be asking questions and not taking an answer when professionally you know that in asking a follow-up question you probably should get more information so I think that was uh, the concealment um, I mean I, I know here if the financial say. controller in Ireland's Classic Kids Radio had an invoice landed on our desk tomorrow you know with COVID consultation for a massive amount of money you know I know there'll be questions asked. You'd be called to the office, the CEO would be called to go, what's this? What is COVID consultation? What, what did they do for this amount of money? Before, it's just, where she said it was just, uh, well, I just accepted it. It was just, you know, I, I assumed it was okay. I mean, you don't assume things are okay when you're, you know, when you're running a company that's spending millions in taxpayers' money. You just can't assume that. You know, and, and it seems to me that everybody is blaming the people who are not there. In other words, it's easy to say, well, okay, well, it was the, you know, it was the general director of RTE, that was fine, D4, but she's not here at the moment anyway, so she can't answer. So we'll just say, yeah, well, she knew about that. You know, whereas we haven't spoken to her and we don't know and, and it's unlikely we're going to because obviously she said she's been treated badly and has mental health problems. And I, by the way, I, I do wish her well and I hope she gets better from mental health problems, but she does need to come forward. There needs to be more transparency. Well, I, I don't think it's going to go away. I honestly think that... Um the airwaves and the online news websites and the newspapers have column inches and airtime with this for probably another month. Um, but the, yeah, question, the government are going on holiday, so it couldn't have happened at a worse time for RTE because this is silly season for news anyway. Yeah, and you know what impact is it going to have now on the advertising revenue of RTE? What brands are going to be want to be attached to the fiasco? Mm-hmm. Are they going to now lose lots of income on the back of the reputational damage that has been done and is rolling on into day eight tomorrow? Do you believe, as a communications expert yourself, and you're involved in digital training, etc., do you think Ryan Tuberty can come back after this? Because, as I said the other night, I was talking to Kira Maloli the other day, and I said to him, it would be difficult for Ryan Turbidy to walk into the RT canteen and sit down to all those friends and people he used to work with. I'm not saying they despise him, but there's certainly a resentment. Um, and it's going to be difficult for him to come back into that. Now, I, I know he's going to have to do a mea culpa anyway, but it's going to be difficult to come back into that environment, isn't it? I think the sooner that he has a public conversation, the better for him. Um, in my own mind, um, I'm wondering who will be the, the person that gets that first interview with them. Mm-hmm. I think it's inevitable, but the sooner 
that he does it, the better. And that would be my advice. Mm. I, I, that's what you'd be advising him to do, to, to get it out there. Absolutely. Well, well, it Absolutely. would be advisable to go before the Oireachtas first before he does that interview, I, I would imagine would be the best uh, form of action at this stage, particularly when the leader of the country is telling you that's a good idea. It probably is a good idea because if he doesn't do it now after being asked by Leo Varadkar, it's not going to look good, is it? No, it's not. And he has watched, or I'm sure he's been, the information has been relayed to him about how his colleagues have had to answer questions um, relating to his contract, even though in his first statement, on the very first day that it emerged, he said, RTE's accounting practices is nothing to do with me, which I thought was not the best PR advice. No, I don't, no, I, I yeah. don't think he took advice on that. I think he just threw that out because he was under pressure. And I think, obviously, in hindsight, he brought out a second statement the following day apologising for his role and his responsibility in reporting that uh, coming forward when he noticed it. Um, and by the way, again, there's no suggestion that Ryan has done anything wrong no. legally from a legal no. point of view. But either way, he still has to come before people and he still has to respond to, I suppose, the main question is, why did you think it was right to not take a pay cut when all of your colleagues were taking pay cuts. And in, ver- in fairness, not only did you not take a pay cut, you got an increase. Um, and the 75000 that he would have got was probably twice the salary of some of the people that was actually working with him. You know, which, which, yeah. is, which is, I think is very disappointing from his point of view. And going forward, RTE, of course, I, I have to say, they're doing a sterling job on reporting on their own radio, on their own crisis. Um, it's an awful shame they wouldn't do that on, on other issues, by the way. Can I just point out, but my hat's off to them and congratulations. I'm sure primetime tonight uh, will be about this as well. Um, if Ryan and D, uh, Noel Kelly and D Forbes come before the Oireachtas next week, the ratings for this are incredible. You couldn't, I mean, this is like a Netflix show. It's just I've, the amount of people are spe- I'm speaking to who are watching this all day, you just can't step away from it. It really is. And even there are more RTE staff also coming out publicly and sharing their own experiences. Mm-hmm. And I feel that heretofore they would have been absolutely terrified to speak, you know, beyond beyond the houses of RTE. And when you see the likes of Anya Lawler and Paul Reynolds and Sinead Hussey speaking to Virgin Media. Like, I, I just thought that Never was... Never thought you'd a, see the day. A watershed moment. Yeah, I, yeah. I, well, the last time I remember anything like this was when RT went on strike, which was back in the 90s. The, the journalists went on strike and there was no news for six weeks. And that's the last time I remember a crisis like this with an RT or as serious as this with an RT. I mean, things have to change now. They are going to have to change. And even today, for example, we saw that Richard Collins, who is the CFO, you know, refusing to tell them his salary. Which I should just have a quick, quick listen to that bit, which I thought, I'm not going to say it was entertaining. I thought it was deeply disturbing. For, for, for the record, how much are you paid as, as Chief Finance Officer? <laughs> I think that's a private matter. You know, I think we're going to disclose our, our okay. we're going to disclose our earning. We've been sorry, asked. Sorry, just, sorry, just want to intervene here for a minute. The chair of the board said that all of those figures are going to be published. And given the fact that you're, you know, that you're in the, you're working for a public organisation, I would expect to hear that answer here today. The deputy has asked you, how much is your salary? I expect you to, I would expect you to answer that question. I don't know what my exact salary is off the top of my head. Of course, don't, no, but I can give you, I, no, sorry, I can give you, absolutely sorry, outrageous. I can give you an ex- Chief yeah. Financial Officer of RT can't tell us what he's paid. Am I supposed to buy that? Chief Financial Officer, just... Chief Financial Officer, 
been asked a question by the deputy who has the floor. Deputy Bradley has the floor. Well, what's, it's, it's, what's your salary? This is a, a extraordinary. Now it's taken over a minute now to get a yeah. very basic answer. I, I, I would have imagined. We have, we have public bodies in here every week who, uh, you know, senior staff. We we can get the uh, figures for their salaries. You know, any problem? RT is you know transparency, true transparency. Well, I have no trust. problem being transparent. True with you, transparent and trust. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's a very basic question, and I expect the answer to it for the members. Okay, I, I believe my salary is around two hundred thousand base salary, plus a car allowance of twenty-five thousand. Right. Um, okay. But it's in and around that sort of okay. thing. Three minutes, Joanne, to find out how much he earned. He works for the civil service. We can find out his salary at any point if we want to under the Freedom of Information. But he refused to give it. That just goes to show you, uh, even after the eight days, they've learned nothing. I honestly thought there was uh, a real clear lack of self-awareness <laughs> um, in those committees by the, by the witnesses throughout the two days. Um, I was pretty aghast at that also and even not knowing his salary um of course he knew was his salary. very <laughs> exasperating i think we all know what our take-home pay is and how much tax we pay and Absolutely. how much we left after we pay our bills and how broke we are three days before the end of the month we all know those things but mind you his salary is pretty much out, pretty outrageous as is all the salaries it seems of the executives in rt even though they are capped i think at 220 whatever it is is um you know a civil servant is capped at but that's like for him to refuse to answer the question, knowing that if I wanted to or you wanted to tomorrow under freedom of information, you can put in a request to find out exactly what a salary is. And yet he's sitting before an Oireachtas committee after seven days, you know, th- the last two days of concealment, lies, deceit. And he sits there bl- blindly and just says, that's a private matter. It's not a private matter. <laughs> Yeah, just I think there was a moment where he forgot he was wor- he was working for the state broadcast. <laughs> I think I think so, but it just shows you the disconnection, doesn't it, between them and us? You know, and, and that's what that's what angers the public. Mm-hmm. You know, on a day to day, on a day to listen, people deserve what they get paid if they've if they've earned it, they've negotiated it. You know, but I, I think it's the level of then working in that public sector civil service environment where you 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 are working in the interest of the public and always putting the interest of the public first that's what the journalists do in RTE but then if that's tale of two cultures that I talk about you have a commercial division that is so detached from their other half of their organization detached from society um what was happening to everyone during covid i mean I mean, I think I don't think uh, that just shocked me that they were negotiating increases when everybody were taking decreases, mm. and there were huge, there were two hundred job losses in RTE in November 2019. So all of that was just was there not one person that said, "Wait a minute, guys," and stood up and said, "Is this not a bit mad?" 
I think that is what is shocking that nobody. Uh, yeah, are we going to get caught if we do this? If we continue to behave like this? If we continue to behave like it was 1995? Are we going to get caught? You'd imagine, you know, particularly when D Forbes was doing interview after interview before the Oireachtas at the time looking for money from the government because RT was in crisis state financially, uh, doing interviews on television uh, and podcasts and all sorts of things saying how difficult times were. There was going to be pay cuts across the board. There'll be people asked to take voluntary redundancies. And meanwhile, upstairs, the board are planning trips away. They're sending clients off on little trips and taking tickets for rugby matches, you know, company cars. It's just, you couldn't make it up. And now they've they've gone backwards on any license fee hike that they thought they were going to get to Oh, that's, that's, that's out the door. They're never getting that now. Yeah, no. The amount, of people, uh, and, and, the amount of people online and Twitter that I've seen saying, I'm not paying my television license anymore. And that, that's going to be so well, I, damaging to RTE now. And, and it, could, it could be um, something like what we saw with the water charges. Mm-hmm. And the other question, I think, and, and this is where independent and commercial radio, I think, should have a stronger voice, is, you know, redistributing any digital media or device fee, whatever they call it, fairly around the media sector in Ireland, which is very small. We're a small country, you know? Mm-hmm. And there was one comment made yesterday that I, I, I'm not sure how much it was picked up, but I noted it. And I think it was the chairperson. They were talking about, you know, were they afraid that Ryan might leave? He might get a better deal. And she says, well, I, I don't think we have the market for that. Mm-hmm. And also these deals distort the market and that is unfair on other media in the country trying to negotiate advertising with with businesses you know if if there's credit notes and there's barter accounts so it's that clarity and that transparency is very very important even for the the level playing field that that is the market when they have um, the license fee because we know the BBC has the license fee but they're not allowed to take any advertising revenue I mean, the idea that they would think that they should be able to hold on to somebody, um, talent, as they call it, uh, and pay them an endless amount of money or limitless amount of money, you know, with different side deals to keep somebody in case will the commercial sector or the independent sector take them. Now, remember, of course, the independent sector have a limit to what they can actually pay. Uh, there is nobody in the independent sector being paid as much as the RT, the top five RT presenters. We know that. Um, nobody at all is being paid that. Probably half that amount is the most being paid by some of the larger independent stations like News Talk or Today FM. But aside from that, there is nobody within the independent sector and local independent radio. People are on a tenth of Ryan Tuberty's wages. And I can tell you that for a fact, many colleagues that I know would be on a tenth of what he's being paid uh, for doing, by the way, equally as many hours uh, as he would be doing. So the idea that they can hold somebody by having these limitless taxpayers' pockets is just bonkers. We are completely committed to rebuilding trust with you and with other public representatives. This is the least we can do. We also welcome the role that the PAC has now been afforded to examine expenditure by RTE, and we will work closely with the committee in this regard. As a trained accountant and a former financial controller, I am appalled as to how payments were recorded and presented in the RTE accounts. What was the motivation here? It appears to me that this was an act designed to deceive. So by their own admission now, they're saying it was an act designed to deceive. 
That's exactly what they're saying. There's no two ways about it. And then there was the whole thing about Ryan Tuberty's contract, of course. So the old contract is over. There was a new contract offer going out for the radio stuff. I understand that. This hasn't been agreed, so now he doesn't have a contract for the period between coming off the Late Late Show and being suspended. Or not being suspended, that's the wrong phrase of withdrawal, being taken off here. Can I, I'll get the Director of Legal to clarify. But he's still being... Okay, so the point was that there was complete and utter confusion about Ryan Tuberty's contract. When it ended for the Late Late Show for TV and radio, they had to renegotiate a new contract that just had radio. But there was a confusion as to whether there was a contract in place or whether there wasn't. And when they said there wasn't, they were then questioned about, well, how have you got somebody working for you who's not even under a contract? How do they actually do it on the payroll? How has it worked out? How do they know how much to pay him if he's not under contract? And that, sorry, Joanne, I I know we have you back there. That was quite surprising too. That was quite... I don't still think, I'm still actually confused by that, uh, whether he is or isn't under a contract. So the legal representative from Ortiz said that he is out of written contract, but there may be a verbal contract, but there were a lot of verbal agreements over the past two days that we heard about. And I think that is probably one of the issues where there isn't a paper trail Microsoft Teams meetings weren't recorded, people didn't keep notes, and so a lot of the the verbal agreements and conversations have also just escalated the situation that they are in now because it really damages uh, the believability factor Mm -hmm. that we have in them. Um, But did, did Ryan not come back and say that he does have a contract and that they were incorrect? I think he said that yesterday in a statement. Right, okay. Well, it, we, we, I suppose, again, this is all going to come out, hopefully, uh, you know, if Ryan comes forward and goes before the Oireachtas and said he has no obligation to do that. Uh, and again, I do say that, you know, I know we're all having a pop at Ryan, we're having a pop at RTE, we're having a pop at D Forbes and all these people. We are talking about human beings here. Uh, mistakes have been made, that's, there's no doubt about that. But I'm pretty sure it's not easy for them either. Uh, and I think we have to be fair to say that too. Some of the mistakes were genuine mistakes, oversights. Some were absolute um, determination to conceal money, which is also going to be found out throughout it. There was even, as I said, the word fraud was mentioned today during the Oireachtas. Uh, but I'm sure we won't go into that too much until the end of this all ends. So, Joanne, when's the next day or what happens next now? Are we just going to have to wait now to see if Ryan, Noel Kelly and uh, D Forbes come forward? Or is there another session? So they have been... Um requested formally to to come before the Public Accounts Committee. Uh, That remains to be seen. Uh, Gavin Riley from Virgin Media was reporting uh, this evening that uh, the government is going to be forced to take a position on whether RTE should face a legal salary cap for presenters. Um, That's based on a motion set down by, I think, was it Ronan Mullen? Um, So the conversation is going to continue um, and I believe the, the fine journalists of this country won't let it go. But what I would not like to see is a long and extended tribunal-ish type of situation because nobody needs this. Make it short, make it sharp, make the reform revolutionary and have the public interest at the centre of it. And let's hear from the key protagonists in this whole play um, as soon as possible. And, okay. Um, yeah. Well, listen, I, if, if people wanted to, well, you have your own podcast as well, I believe. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the public sector marketing show. So it's basically it's marketing and comms for public sector. 
write something. Maybe they should have been listening to your podcast before they brought all this information out. They might have learned something. It would have been a good idea. Maybe you could get them all on as guests, Joanne, over the coming months on how well, not to I, communicate. I definitely will put in my request for sure. And how not to communicate with the general public because they they're certainly need they need lessons in communications, which I find bizarre. By the way, that the communications officer in RTE was was equally as bad. But anyway, listen, Joanne, thank you very much indeed. The podcast is available. I'm I'm, I'm assuming on Spotify and all the usual outlets and it's called the Public Sector Marketing Podcast um, and thank you very much indeed and I appreciate you coming on the air and talking to us Joanne Thanks Niall Good evening Real people Real opinions Real talk radio The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show